Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. Stay tuned because I have a very special guest, Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobo is here on the program. But first, I want to take time to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And thank you for standing with the PTL Network. So many of you have been writing me comments and messages asking me, that you want to watch the Jim Baker show, you want to watch the Mondo show, you want to watch Life with Lori on Roku, but you don't know where to get the Roku device. Well, I'm glad you asked. Today, I have a very special uh, offer for you that is going to bless you. You know, the world is moving to streaming in a new way to watch television. And if you don't know about what Roku is, I want to take a few moments to let you know what it is. It's pretty simple. Roku pioneers streaming for television. And technology has changed the way we watch our favorite movies and television shows. And Roku, just a few days ago, reported a total of 51.2 million active users in the United States. I want you to become part of the Roku family, just as I am and our family is. I want to introduce you to Roku real quick and watch this. Introducing Roku Express. Fast, high-definition streaming made easy. Featuring a new compact design. Setup is a cinch with the included HDMI cable. You can even attach it to your TV. It's perfect for first-time streamers and great for secondary TVs. Use the simple remote to control your player. Easily find free TV, live news, sports, movies, and premium subscriptions, all on the Roku channel. Your home for free and premium TV. Search across top streaming channels and see your results ranked by price. I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Roku Express is high-definition streaming made easy for everyone in the house. And it makes an amazing gift. There are no monthly rental fees for owning your Roku Express. It's so affordable and easy to use. You can purchase your Roku Express today on the Mondo Show for only $30. So all you have to do to order this Roku Express, just go to ptlshop.com or you can give me a call right now, 1-888-777-3530. The number again is 1-888-777-3530 or you can go to ptlshop.com and get your Roku device right now. Start watching the PTL network and by, you know, ordering this today, you're supporting this program. I want you to become a PTL network watcher And all you have to do is just get this simple Roku Express is ready to go, ready to be plugged into your TV and watch PTL Network 24 hours a day, seven days a week on demand or live programming from Morningside USA. Well, I got a very special program planned for you. My special guest today is a Messianic rabbi, a leader, 
a storyteller, a spiritual guide, a dad, and an occasional rapper. Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobo is the founder of Fusion Global. Rabbi Jason is an author, speaker, teacher, who has made multiple appearances on national television programs, including TBN Network. I love Matt and Lori. I love the, the Crouches. They have done so much for the kingdom of God. The Daystar Network with Marcus and Johnny Lamb, the Jim Baker Show, and the Dr. Oz Show. But right now, Jason, I want to tell you something. He is the man of the hour. He's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Road and the Rabbi with Kathy Lee Gifford. And he served as a spiritual advisor for the series The Chosen, the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus. I want to tell you something. He has a new program called The Chosen Unveiled that can be watched on the TBN network right now. He's also the host of the podcast Mysteries of the Messiah, which can be seen and heard on all the podcast outlets. Listen, he is here today on the Mondo Show to talk about his brand new book called Mysteries of the Messiah. This book, man, I want to tell you something. It's like no other out there. I want you to help me welcome my friend from California, Los Angeles, but he's via Skype from Dallas right now. My friend, I, I like to call him my friend. I don't know about him, but he's my friend now, Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobel. What is going on, Rabbi? Hey, shalom, shalom. <laughs> it's great to be with you, my brother. Awesome. Excited to spend some more time with you and get into the word. Listen, you have been rocking everyone's world. I mean, every time I flip the channel, I see you, Rabbi. What is it about you that you think that people want to know more about you and about your message? Listen, I don't think it's so much about me. I think what it's about is Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, right? And unfortunately, over time, the Jewish roots has been stripped to the church. And our passion is to unveil Jesus so that people see him in high definition. Wow. You know, one of the things, before we get into your book, I just want to say something because I love this. If there's nothing else you can get out of this program today is this. There's power in the story of our journey. And I want to ask you before we get into your book, you know, how did you get started in the streets of New Jersey? You know, you produce rappers. And uh, you became a DJ and you, and you started really getting influenced by the streets and People like the Sugar Hill Gang came out of New Jersey. Wyclef, Akon, Ice-T, Quinn Latifah. That's just to name a few that came out of New Jersey. But also, our Messianic rabbi, Jason Sobel, came out of the streets of New Jersey. How did hip-hop influence you, rabbi? Because when I read your book, I got to tell you something. I got a little bit excited, by the way, because the first few pages... 
you talked about your homeboys and your homies and, and your best friend being in Filipino gangs. And listen, I come from the streets of Los Angeles and I was a former gang member for one of the biggest gangs in LA and God transformed my life and I'm serving him 20 some years later. I'm sitting here talking to you, Rabbi, but what influence did hip hop in the streets have in your life? Yeah, it was a huge influence. I mean, you know, growing up in New Jersey, uh, being around hip hop, just that influence of, I really believe part of the power of hip hop is that I believe actually hip hop was meant to be hip hope, that hip hop was meant to bring hope to the world, that it's meant to be a voice for those that have no voice. It's meant to be a protest language speaking truth to power. I think over time it got commercialized and the E was dropped from hip hop. The E was for eternity and for the eternal one. But that idea of being the voice, speaking truth, uh, was something that really impacted me greatly. And the whole sense of, you know, your brotherhood with your boys, you know, that sense of connection. Uh, and family and sticking with one another, all that, you know, powerfully influenced me. And of course, part of what we like to bring to what we do is to have fun, right? Like uh, the idea of the hype man in hip hop, right? So we love to, you know, when we, when, we do the, when we do our events, when we do our stuff, right? We like to have fun, we like to rap, we like to get people pumped up because if we get pumped up over hip hop and music and sports, certainly we should get pumped up over Yeshua, Jesus. There's nothing more fun than serving and worshiping him. Absolutely. I almost want to ask you, do you freestyle at all, Rabbi? I do freestyle just for fun, though, my inner hip hop artist. I, listen, we got to see it. We got to listen. This is the DJ. This is MC Rabbi all the way from Dallas right now. He's about to drop some verses for you. Take it away, Rabbi. God brought us out of Egypt land with a mighty arm and with an outstretched hand. He parted the sea. He brought us through to Mount Sinai. Yo, what's he gonna do? He came down in fire and glory. He spoke the word of God to Moses and all to see, but he did something greater for you and me. He sent his son, the one, to die for you and me. Yo, God brought us out of Egypt land with a mighty arm and with an outstretched hand. He sent his son from above to demonstrate his goodness and his love, yo. <laughs> there you have it. MC Rabbi Sobel on the Mondo Show Freestyling, which, by the way, his new book is out. I want you to go get it, Mysteries of the Messiah. You'll never read the Word of God ever again the same way as you have in your lifetime. This is something that is going to change your heart. It's going to change your life. I dare you to pick up this book and order it right now. I got to tell you something, Rabbi. I couldn't put this book down. And you can tell I've been reading your book. I don't just, you know, go through it and skim through it. I literally, I got to mark everything. I, everything has to make sense to me. And I got to go back to where it started. How did a Jewish boy with deep roots of being Jewish get converted to Christianity how did that encounter happen for you? You know, God's got a good sense of humor. I grew up in the Holy Land, as you mentioned, New Jersey, where there were more Jews than in Jerusalem. Uh, I grew up going to Hebrew school as a child. 
had my bar mitzvah, became a son of the commandments. Being Jewish was really important. Got really into basketball. Uh, in, in, in high school, my dream was to play college basketball. And I had a varsity football coach that was also the JV basketball coach. And he said, Jason, if you don't play football, I'm going to bench you for basketball. And in my house, there were three things that nice Jewish boys didn't do. There was uh, no tattoos, no motorcycles, and no football. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't and I didn't want to play football. I mean, I love football, but I didn't want to play. Basketball was my life. My parents didn't want me to play. And eventually, he benched me. He wouldn't he wouldn't play me if I because I wouldn't play football. And uh, one day, we got into a fight over it. And he was mistreating me. I threw a basketball at his head from half court. That ended my basketball career. I needed some new friends, and in the infinite wisdom of you, started to hang out with the high school DJ and drug dealer. That's where I got into all sorts of trouble, DJ, clubbing, hanging out in New York City, running the streets, all sorts of craziness. But it was in the midst of that, that an opportunity to work for one of the largest recording studios in New York City. And as I looked at the lives of all these famous people around me, I said, there has to be more to life than just this. Began this spiritual journey and uh, started studying with my rabbi and also studying uh, martial arts, yoga, meditation. And one day I was meditating and my soul began to vibrate. It left my body. I went into heaven. And the next thing I know, I saw this king high and lifted up on the throne in glorious light. I was like nothing I'd ever seen. The power of God pulsated through every cell in my body. It's like every part of me could feel and came alive in a way that I could not even ever explain in, in words. And I knew that king on the throne was Jesus, Yeshua. I knew nothing about him, but I knew that was him. And he told me I was called to serve him. The next thing and I was running around going, I'm called to serve him. My mom's like, you're called to serve Jesus? We're Jewish for crying out loud. And uh, <laughs> and my best friend, John, wound up coming to faith. And he said, Jason, I found the truth that Jesus is Lord and Savior but if you don't believe in him, you're going to go to hell. And at the and in the end times, there's going to be this big beast with all these heads. They're going to eat people who don't believe. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're what you're on, but that's not for me. But uh, he started to attend a messianic congregation, got a little bit more wisdom on how to share with a Jewish person. Called me on the phone. He said, Jason, could you tell the difference between the old and the New Testament? I said, sure. He read me this passage about the crucifixion. And I said, that's obviously the New Testament. He said, let me read you another passage. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we're healed. He said, Jason, is that the old and the new? I said, obviously, that's talking about Jesus. He said, no, that's Isaiah 53, the Jewish prophet, speaking 700 years before he walked the face of the earth. I began to be provoked to jealousy. He invited me to this messianic congregation. I went with him. At the end of the evening, they began to pray, dim the lights, and I figured I needed all the help I can get, so I prayed. They said, if you prayed for the first time, raise your hand this prayer, so I raised my hand. 
They said, if you, if you pray this prayer, you've just been born again, will you please stand up? I said, I don't know what it means to be born again, but I gave my mother enough trouble and I was born once. God only knows if I'm born again. This is not for me. I'm not standing up. Every eye was supposed to be closed. But the rabbi said, we saw you raise your hand. If you can't stand here for the Messiah, you won't be able to stand for him in the world. So I realized we weren't going anywhere until I stood up. That was Rabbi Jonathan Kahn <laughs> at his Messianic congregation, Beth Israel, 27 years ago gave me the first New Testament that I'd ever seen, had no idea what it meant, took it home, read it, was blown away how Jewish, the Messianic prophecies, and what the Lord said to me in that encounter in heaven was a verse from the New Testament, which I had never read, and I came to the belief that Jesus, Yeshua, his Hebrew name, was the one whom Moses and the prophets spoke of. Rabbi, Rabbi how can this be? How, how can 20 years ago you walked in to... And I love, uh, listen, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn has become a dear friend, not only to my family, but to myself. I got to go to Israel and film the, the whole tour for him there with our team and got to spend a lot of time with his family. How is it? I mean, you see, that's the mystery to me about God. How, can, how is it that 20 years ago, God was prompting you for the hour that you're in right now? How does that work? How, can you help us understand how, do, how in the world does God put things together even 20 years ago that we may not understand for the hour that we're in right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's different ways to look at it. I mean, I think there's an aspect of it. Well, there's an aspect of it where it's kind of the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob had a promise on his life. God chose Jacob over Esau. But just because there's a promise, there's also a process. And you can't have the promise without the process. We like the promise, but the process isn't easy because the process takes time. And God cares more about the means than the ends because it's the means the process that transforms us to become who God wants us to be. And part of my journey is that in the midst of all this, God had another encounter. Bill Johnson laid hands on me. He said, Jason, wear many mantles like Joseph. And God began to speak to me that, Jason, you're going to go through a season of Joseph. I'm going to take you through the pits and the prisons. I'm going to purify you and prepare you for the promise. And, you know, not exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> You've got to go through the pits and the prisons. But I can tell you, I'm so grateful because God had to purify me. He had to humble me. He had to prepare me uh, for what he wanted to do for me so that it wouldn't be about myself, but ultimately it would be about him. And within that, I'll just share one other thing is that part of, part of that was revealed to me in a dream that I had, which was I was at a Hollywood premiere and I was walking down the red carpet and all of a sudden these giant spotlights, floodlights that were in the sky gets placed on my face and I began to be blind and I said, please take the lights off me. I can't see and God spoke to me and he said, Jason, if you ever try and take my light and put it on yourself, you will be blinded. But as long as you remain small in your own sight, you will be significant in my sight. Keep it focused on me. 
And that is part of that humility, part of that humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord, part of that purification process that God was doing in my life to prepare me for this time and season and what he wanted to do. Let's talk about the mistress of the Messiah is where you are right now. And I think that's one of the most powerful, encouraging messages for you to hear how God can bring people into your life 20 years ago to prepare you for your now moment. I love what the reminder of what God just reminded you in that with those lights. Listen, humility is the key to walking under the anointing of God. Let him be the one that is exalted. Don't exalt yourself. I love this scripture, that which is born out of the spirit, the spirit of God has to maintain. But that which is born out of the flesh, the flesh has to maintain it. I'd rather be born from God and let God maintain what is born from him. Otherwise, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to maintain something that you were never meant to maintain. That's a lot of weight to be carrying. But mysteries of the Messiah. Why did you feel it was important to write this book for this hour? Yeah, I think it's so significant for a number of reasons. I think that one is the fact that, you know, I believe that it says in Matthew 13, 52, what can a scribe understands the kingdom of God be compared to like a householder that brings forth treasures new and old? I feel like so many Christians are settling for the new treasure. So many Jews are settling for the old treasure, but the fullness of the inheritance is when the old and the new come together. And that is the fullness of the blessing to see how the big picture comes together. The Jewish roots and the Christian shoots, that is the key to bearing maximum fruit. And I believe we're in a John 21 moment where like the disciples were fishing all night, Jesus says, cast the nets again, and this great catch of fish came. I believe the greatest catch of fish the world has ever seen is beginning to come, and it's only going to increase. But a key to that is Jew and Gentile, the roots and the shoots coming together. That's the way it was in the book of Acts. This is key to the revival and preparing the way for the return of the Lord, this revelation. Listen, if you just tuned in, you're watching and you're hearing Rabbi Jason Sobel. He is the founder of Fusion Global and the author of the latest book, Mysteries of the Messiah. I want you to go order this book right now. You can go to fusionglobal.org and go to the store and get yourself a copy. But more than that, get yourself uh, several copies and pass them out to your friends We are about to get into this book, and you're not going to want to miss one bit of the information. Listen, when I begin to read in this book, and you know I read every book of every guest that comes on this program, every guest that goes on the Jim Baker show as I co-host that show with Dad, and I read all the books, but very, very few books have an impact in my life, and I can tell you this is one of them. Listen, The gospel is being watered down from the pulpits right now. And I'm not here to beat up the church because I know what it is to lead a church. I know what it is to pastor a church. Listen, numbers and languages always have fascinated me, Rabbi. And you write about how Hebrew and Greek by the numbers, you call it the code of creation. Why does each letter in the Hebrew and Greek alphabet has a numeric value? 
Yeah, so it's interesting that in Hebrew, in the Bible, there are no Roman numerals. So the way that you have to write numbers is with letters. And so if I tell you, open up your Bible to chapter one, I'd have to say, open your Bible to Aleph verse Aleph, one, chapter one, verse one. And so, because Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So Hebrew and Greek are designed to be alphanumeric. Every letter has a numeric value. Therefore, every word has a numeric value. But one of the things that, one of the reasons why I think this is really interesting, going back to kind of what you're saying, is that one of the things that the Bible is coming under attack. And, you know, from a scientific view, you know, uh, an academic would read the Bible, they'd open the Genesis chapter one, and they say, well, obviously Genesis has to be a myth because we know that uh, God couldn't have spoke the world into existence because we live in a mathematical universe. But this absolutely is so significant because we understand the Bible is alpha numeric, meaning that when God spoke, he created heavens and the earth. His word is the code, the foundation, the blueprint of the spiritual aspect of everything that exists. But the numbers behind the letters in the words form the mathematical code of creation as well. So therefore, when God speaks, he's creating the code of creation, the mathematics behind the universe, as well as the spiritual principle. So there's no contradiction when God speaks, it all comes together. And in the same way, letters and numbers can reveal deeper connections and meanings in the scriptures between words and concepts. All right, you got to help me because, I, listen, I'm a simple man, and I want to understand how do numbers work in the Bible? Yeah, okay, so every word is made up of letters. Every letter has a numerical value. So when you add up the letters and the numerical values assigned to them, they give you a total value. So I'll give you an example of that, right? So Peter comes to Jesus and says, how many times do I have to forgive? Up to seven times? And Jesus is not impressed. He goes, not seven, 70 times seven, okay, which equals 490. Well, why does Jesus pick that number? Everything he does, he does with great intentionality. So what we have to understand is you have to understand the alphanumerics, right? The numbers. So the Hebrew word tamim, which means to be perfect or complete in Hebrew, adds up to 490 when you add up the letters in the word, okay? So to be perfect or complete equals 490 because you can't be perfect in your faith unless you're willing to forgive, okay? 490 is also the numerical value of the word Bethlehem in Hebrew, Beit Lechem, okay? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem equals 490. Nativity equals 490 in Hebrew. Bethlehem, which equals 490, literally means house of bread. Why is that significant? Because bread and forgiveness are connected in the Bible. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Okay? And then at the Lord's Supper, he breaks the bread. This is my body broken for you. 
So 490, forgiveness, bread and forgiveness, because when we, just like we can't live physically without bread, we can't live spiritually and emotionally without forgiveness. And when we withhold forgiveness, it's like telling a starving person to go and die. Wow. That's all the time we have left for today's program. Stay tuned for next week for part two with more of my conversation with Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobel. Don't forget to get the book, Mysteries of the Messiah. It's going to change your life. Also, don't forget to get your Roku Express. You can go to ptlshop.com or you can call me right now at 1-888-777-3530. Get your Roku Express. It's going to change the way you watch television. Order it right now. Your support means everything to me. And as you give into this ministry, as you support us by ordering this product, you're helping me preach the gospel around the world. I'll see you next week for more of part two with my special guest, Rabbi Jason Sobel. Remember, keep the faith.